Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'll talk to you a little bit tonight. I think this is going to minister to a lot of people because it's so relevant to so many of our lives quite often. Okay, you kind of go through this season where you're going to need this message. And so it's good for me to do something like this on occasion. And we're going to call it staying, staying on his path. Staying on his path. And I'm going to be talking about finding the will of God. I think I have a slide for that. But finding the will of God seems like that sometimes we look at it as two doors. Two doors. When we, when we start looking for the will of God, we, we look for two doors. We kind of look for door one and, and door two. Maybe that right decision and that wrong decision. Um, do you have my slides, Bob? Did you get them? No? Okay. Look on Dropbox. They're on there. Okay. So, um, so it's finding the will of God. It's finding the will of God in in everything we do, and we look for those two doors, those two doors, the right one and the wrong one, and going through one is, we think, is that one's peace and prosperity, and the other one is doom and destruction, and so you got to admit, most of us think that way concerning the will of God. It's that we, we hit it, we nail it, and or we just miss it, and it's kind of one of those deals, and we say things like, if 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 I only knew, if I only knew, if just God would let me know, or, or should I take this job, or should I go to grad school here, or uh, should I ask her out, or uh, how do I know what God wants? And I think it's that question we always ask. And so I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture here tonight, um, but I'm going to open up a text, Proverbs chapter 4, that book of wisdom that God gave us in Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to start working through here. And we're going to start with verse 10 and we're going to all go all the way through verse 26. Okay, so read along with me on the screen and you can check this out. And I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not Stumble. This is full of promises, okay? Book is, this, this text is full of promises. Keep hold of instruction. Kind of that whole wisdom thing again. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But, but the, everybody say path. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Verse 19, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. 
They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the ponder the what? Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I want to make just here few observations about knowing the will of God in your life and walking securely and in clarity of the will of God and try to find that all up in these scriptures. So Mr. Um, Work, the PowerPoint guy, as I jump on scriptures, you could probably have to find that one, okay? So the first thing we're going to talk about is these three observations. First of all, I'm not going to get to all of them tonight. So If I get about 30 minutes in this message, you're going to go, oh, God, we still have two more to go. I'm going to do probably one of them tonight, okay? And then I'll finish the next one, maybe next Wednesday. So, but this observation I get about knowing the will of God and walking securely in it and clarity is is this. Number one, the will of God is a path, not a door. Boy, I wish you would take notes tonight. The will of God is a path and not a door. Now, if he wants to run there real quick, I'm not going to read them. But in verse 11, it says the word path. In verse 14, it says path. 18 through 19 uses the word path. Verse 26 is the word path. The will of God is a path. It's not a door. See, it's called path or a way in some of those verses. And it uses it six times in the verses that I read to you a few minutes ago, the word path or way. The idea of the will of God being a door or decision is a wrong metaphor. So when you think of the will of God, I don't want you to think about it being this one decision Or I don't want you to think about it being a door that you can choose the right or wrong door for just a minute. Because that's not the metaphor I want to use. I want to use a different thing out of this text. This is going to be revelatory for some of you. I want to use the word path because it's biblically used so strong here. In the Bible, the will of God is more of a path that we walk than a specific decision we make. And that rocks us in our thinking. It's a process of learning to live wisely and to make wise decisions. Because most of us seek the will of God like it's the answer to a question. In other words, it's kind of a, a you know, multiple part, uh, multiple choice question here that we come up to a decision and we think, okay, which one is God's will? Is it A? Is it B? Is it C? And that is looking at the will of God based off of a door or based off of a decision and not based off of a path. So 
So I'm going to change our mindsets big time tonight in this. And, and that's not how the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach it as a door or a decision uh, it, in, in concerning God's will. God's will is more like a path that you continue to walk down. So let me give you some things, what I'm talking about when I say walking down the path. The will of God is, is, is lifestyle choices. All right? It's not one particular decision. It's a lifestyle choices. It's, it's, it's patterns of behavior. It's how you act all the time. It's, it's ways of thinking. It's, it's uh, uh, things, it's, it's walking down that path that all of a sudden that you change how you think, how you, your behavior and these different things, and all of a sudden you find yourself, hear me, in the middle of God's will. You find yourself there. You're like, it's just, it's just there. It just evolved. It happened. Because you changed the way you think, your behavior. You changed the, the patterns of that. Your lifestyle choices. Your ways of thinking. The ways you begin to love people. Are all life choices that you make that are putting you on a path that you naturally make the right decisions. You make the right God decisions in the will of God because you're on the right path. You're not on the wrong path. You're on the wrong path. You're going to find yourself constantly making the wrong decision. You get on the right path, your mind, your thinking, your, your, all those things change, and you're naturally fine. We want to walk that, the Bible talks about that straight and narrow way, okay? So that's kind of that path. You're on that straight and narrow way. You're going to believe, I believe, by the grace and help of God, make God's will decisions. So, so we, we're like the will of God, A, B, or C, and wisdom says, instead of going A, B or C and living by God's wisdom, it's not so, I love this, it's not so much A, B, and C, God saying it's me. You missed it. You're trying to see, do I want you to make A? Do I want you to make B? Do I want you to make C? And he's going, I want you to make me. I, I want you to follow me. And when you follow me, you're on the path and you're going to make decisions that are going to be in my will. If you're growing in me, you're going to be doing the will of God. Is that all right tonight? Come on, somebody. This, this is right where we live, amen? How many folks, this is not a trick question, okay? How many folks know how to play pool, like pool? Uh, yeah, some of you have pool tables, that kind of stuff. I, I, I like, I enjoy playing pool. I'm definitely not a pool shark uh, like some of you get folks that, you know, jump the ball and all stuff. I'm one of them. I'm aiming for that dude, and I say, eh, boom, and, it, you know, it might go over there. I, I never know, you know what I'm saying, I'm pitiful, actually. But I have a lot of fun doing it. Now, you put me on a ping pong table as another story, baby. All right? So, but, but a pool table, I, I'm, I'm not that great, but... One thing I do know is this, and y'all will have all the right terminology, and so you just make, you can just laugh at me, make fun of me if you want to. It's just, 
because I don't know what I'm talking about. But I do know this. The way I have played is you get all the, the ball, the right ball, the color that is your color or the stripes or whatever, whatever one you are. You get those in, and then there's that black eight ball that is the devil until now. You hit it, and it goes in before that, you dead. But now you're there, and you get the, the eight ball, and you do something. I think they call it the eight ball position, where you, you, you get in there, and you have to start calling the corner. Am I right on that for you pool players? That's the way we play. So you go uh, right back, you know, that, I'm calling that corner right back there because what I plan, if you, if you don't do that and you get it wrong, you'd still lose, like if you put it in the wrong way. Am I right? Y'all don't leave me hanging. Come on, help me. Even if I'm wrong, support me in public, okay? So, so, so I, I aim for that back right corner and I hit, but I'm calling it. I'm calling it, and, and I'm kind of, you know, the, the pool shark here. And so I'm going to hit that back right corner, and I'm calling it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it right in that deal. Now, now what I'm about to say is going to shock you a little bit, so, uh, so, so brace yourself. God rarely works eight-ball fashion in the Bible. And we want him to. Come on, we want him to go, this decision you got? Back right corner, it's going to hit the left wall two times. It's going to knock all the enemy's balls completely out of, off of the table. But it's going to put that one eight ball right where it's supposed to be. Can I get a witness? Come on, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I mean, we're like, that's the way I want God to work. And I go, <clears throat> Lord, What's this look like to you? Lord, what's this look like to you? Very rarely do I get a back right corner. I'm not saying we don't ever, but very rare. Can I, can I come on, Christians, let's get honest. Very, because God very, he doesn't, and, and, and most of the time when you're going through that, man, you'll, you'll, you know, you, you, we don't whip ourselves and whip our back, but I've seen Christians just about so beat themselves until, not literally, but thinking, oh my God, I, 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 there's no, if I could just have the will of God. I mean, just the way they say it, they're in travail. And, and we just don't hear that voice. We, we very rarely get that back right going, where he tells in a revelation sense which choice is the right one. Fairly rarely we get that. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, just a minute. I thought that was because I wasn't spiritual enough. Aren't there places in the word of God where the spirit said, go here and there and told people what to do? Yes, yes. But here's the thing. Those were the exceptions. Not the normal way that God guided through the majority of the time. Take Paul. Let's take him. Pretty, pretty, pretty big dude in the Bible, okay? There are times when Paul was supernaturally directed by the Spirit to do something. But most of the time, Paul made decisions just like the rest of us. 
I think, really think if most of us met Paul, we'd be shocked because we're thinking this guy that levitates and he's just with a pen in his hand and he's just always writing the word of God and just chunking. By that the time he's going, I don't hear anything either. I think I'm going to go that way. And because he's on the right path, he made these crazy, cool God moments. In fact, let me, let me, let me prove it to you. He, in his letters, he uses real tentative phrases like, listen, listen to this. This is, this is Acts 15, 28 through 29. He says this. It seemed, I like this word, it seemed. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Do you hear it? Please put yourself right there. I like, I think I heard God say something. But we had to make a decision on this thing. <laughs> it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. I, I don't think God was against it. I don't think his spirit was against it. And so we made this decision. So, that doesn't sound like a guy who, who God told in his Cheerios where to go that day. Well, I saw the shape. The Cheerios formed the shape. And they said, go thy to 1 Corinthians. Or go to the Corinthian church and speaketh. Because it, it would have had to write it in Cheerios in the King James Version. That was funny, people. Help me, help me, help me. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Listen to this. Paul lays out his plans for the Corinthians. This is a big deal. Like this, verse 5, and I'm paraphrasing, but listen to this, okay? This is, this is kind of the vernacular that we get in here. You ready? Yeah, when I arrive in Corinth, I'll see what everyone thinks about me going on to Jerusalem. I tried to get Apollos to come visit you, but didn't think it was a good idea to do it now. For, for now, my plan is to come to you after I go through Macedonia. I'll probably stay a while, maybe even the winter. I want to take my time, if the Lord permits. I'm also going to spend some time in Ephesus because there seems to be some great things going that God is doing there. You're not getting this sense that Paul's getting this angelic visits every other day and math. And, no, he's just kind of, he's in the path. He knows he's in the path. And he's just moving and operating in the path. And trusting the path, trusting his relationship with God. Isn't that good? But here are ways I hear this talked about today. People, people say this kind of stuff. Follow the open door. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it seems like when I hear that, doors pop open everywhere. And I'm going, no, don't take that one, don't take that one, don't take that one. Or even my own life, I've had open doors. I was, a, I was a pastor here just a short, short amount of time, and a huge door opened for me, like huge for me. And it was not the right door for me. I knew pretty quick right then. I, I did pray about it but it, and, and talked to my wife, and we made a decision about it. But, I, but looking back, I think, the reason it was so easy to make that decision is because I was in the path and I trusted my relationship with God. Is that okay? So, follow the open door. But there's all kind of open doors in the Bible that were not from God. Let's have fun with this one just a minute. There's all kind of doors in the, that are just, they were open doors, but they were not from God. Let's check out Jonah. So, let's put you, let's put you in Jonah's shoes for a second, okay? 
the door opened up for him to get a ticket. Well, I told God if he, you know, if he got me to the station, if, he, if I didn't die on the way here, it must be his will. Come on, put yourself there. Well, you're fleeing from God. No, 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 God, God opened the door. Got the ticket. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Jonah walking up the ticket window and saying, do you have any tickets to Tarshish? In fact, do you have any tickets to anywhere? Anywhere. Just absolutely anywhere that's away from Nineveh. Yes, sir, right here. We've got one for you. We've got one for you, Mr. Jonah, and it's the Tarshish. And he's like, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is in this still. He is my provider. He has opened up the ticket. It is God's will. I'm doing this thing because it was an open door. Was he forevermore out off of the path of God? Oh, oh my mercy. It was unbelievable. Or we hear these things like, you know, I have a peace about it. I just got to, Pastor, I'm going to do this. I got a piece about it. I'm going, please don't do that. Because I don't have a piece about it. Please. But I got a piece about it. Well, Eve had a piece about it eating that fruit too. No, no, I'm serious. She says, the Bible says it was pleasant to her. She ate it and she's about to hand it to him. And he says, oh, no. She goes, oh, I got a piece about it. Now, I know I'm rocking your theology a little bit here, but the Bible never, not one time says that peace in our heart was to be our guide. Not one time. Because he goes, if you got peace, go through it. Open, go through that open. Go to Nineveh if you got peace. Or run from Nineveh if you got peace. No. I like this one. I'm not trying to be a heretic here, okay? Y'all hang with me. I know I'm probably crossing some theologies. The Holy Spirit was prompting me to do that. Folks, I have been the pastor here 16 years. I have heard that used so many times. And people make horrible decisions. They didn't seek wisdom. They didn't even come to mentors. They didn't come to their pastor and say, Pastor, what do you feel about it? Now, I'm not saying you've got to do that every time. Oh, please. But I'm there for you. <laughs> but still, buy whatever color car you want, okay? But, 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 Pastor, the Holy Spirit was prompting me to do that. Well, how do you know? How do you know? I had an impression. Now, we're spirit-led people. We're spirit-led people. I understand when you say impressions. I have, I feel that. I have those. I understand that. So I'm not... Being ugly about that. God certainly might use an impression in your heart. But let me then I say this. We all get hunches and impressions. And they're not always necessarily from God. I've had people leave spouses over hunches and impressions. I've had people do other really unique things that were totally Probably in that particular situation, not the wise thing to do, not the biblical thing to do, but they played the spirit card. They, I call it always play it the God card. 
And due to it, what are you going to do? How are you going to argue with them? They lock their pastor in the corner. They lock another spiritual leader in the corner. You can't give them any advice when God's already given you advice. It's like it's, it's really hard for us to trump God. Is this, is this all right tonight? And they're not necessarily always from God. And some are and some are not. And sometimes your intuition is good. Amen. Sometimes it's not so good. And, but I think I'm fixing to make up a word. And if you're an English teacher, just, it's just going to eat you up. But I'll, I'll forewarn you. Just don't absolutize. You want me to spell it? Absolute with eyes on it. I-Z-E. It's a new word. Don't concrete it. Don't absoluteize that word or that, that intuition and say, God said Seek wisdom. God put the church. To me, that's the, one of the gorgeous things about life groups and all these different things. God's building friendships in you, that you have other people, godly, wise people. This is an awesome church that is multi-generational. It's not a church with just young people. Look for some gray hair. The ones that have sense, which all the ones at Parkway do. That was a very wise statement. Look for someone that has no hair. Threw myself in that. Okay, but, but look for someone. That's the beauty of a multi-generational church. Go to someone. Ask someone. If you're in business and you want to start a business, talk to God about it. But also talk to somebody that started a business in the church. And be what? Don't you go to him and say, God told me to start the business. Now, what do you think about should I do it or not? Because if you ask, tell me that, I'm going to say, God richly bless you in your business. That's what I get when people ask me about marriage. We're getting married. Will you marry us? And I'm saying, I'm your pastor. I'll do that. But I'm going to just tell you something. No, I don't. I walk out and I go, oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, Dina's going to be busy counseling on this one. I'm, not, I'm being, just being funny here. But because never, never get any, only want what we need to hear. And, in fact, I've almost come to the point where people ask for my advice and they play a God card or they come and they tell me what to do. I don't give them my opinion. I stay out of it because they don't want my opinion. And usually my opinion will offend them, even though it may be a godly Opinion, it offends them because it goes against their will, not God's. Should I stop? So, sometimes your intuition is good, but don't absolutize, absolutize, absolutize. That's the way to do it. If you're looking for how to do that, absolutize. I don't know how to say it because it's not a word, but it's good. It is a word? Oh, well, maybe I'm really bumming. I should have known. We get Googleites on it. <laughs> and what I mean is, I, what I don't want you to make an absolute in your life is claiming that your gut is always the Holy Spirit. 
That way it shuts you down from getting advice. And again, once God says it, no one else can argue with it. It kind of puts us in a weird spot. And I'm not just preaching or teaching from pastoral direction, but also just your life, whoever you ask. When you're a young pastor, when I first came here, I was young, <laughs> back in the day. And when you're a young pastor, I mean, you just, it's unique, okay? And you get these calls. I, we would literally get a call sometimes on Sunday morning, okay? We like, y'all know us. We've got our act together in the sense we're planning or developing because the Spirit can speak to you before Sunday morning. And so we plan, we, we series. And, and even from the first time, we, when we first got here, I mean, we started planning out. Well, at that time, the church wasn't used to that. And so we would get calls like that Sunday morning saying, God told me to sing this song. And I'm thinking, but you don't sing. But I'm a really young pastor, you know, just trying to live and make it. And at that moment, they're twice my age, have more influence. They think I'm just a young guy, don't have a clue. And they play the God card. And I heard some songs sung like that. That when I got through, I thought, God said that? God gave you that song? If he did, give it back because he's not through with it yet. You know what I'm saying? Come on, just be honest with you. Come on, man, we're having fun, right? He wasn't quite through it. He's still writing on it. He didn't have the melody. He's working on the metal, all right? Come on, come on. <laughs> So, the best, best thing to do is to take your impressions, take the open do doors, and factor in, but run, through them, but run them through the context of wisdom. Wisdom. Godly wisdom. Man, what is the church? That's one of the things the church is about, right? Run it through godly wisdom. Bounce it off of two or three people that are godly people, that are on the path. And be open and honest for their opinions, and, and always this, see if your gut, your intuition, what God spoke to you, balances with the Word of God. Because that's the first and foremost, if it goes against the Word of God, you ate too much pizza last night, all right? You ate too much pizza and your impression and your revelation was was pepperonis and stuff, it was just too much of it, and it got to you, but if it's going against the Word of God. But honestly, there are times we feel impressions. It balances with the Word of God. We seek godly uh, advice about it. We feel good about it. Trust it if, it's, if you're on the path. If you know you're not on the path, absolutely you need to be concerned about that. But if you're on the path, it's a process, a, a lifetime, maybe 5, 10, 15 years. You've been serving God. You've been, God totally changed how you used to make decisions. 
He totally changed how you live, you move, you talk, you walk. And due to it, he's now guiding you. You're on the path. Trust God's will. I often say God wants you to do the right thing more than you do. He believes in you. I always try to tell people this. You're living for God. You're serving God. What you're saying is not against anything against the word of God. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to mess up on this. You're going to be okay. You're not going to mess up. God's got you. He's going to, you know what I'm saying? So trust that in your walk with God. And so I am going to, I've got about five minutes. I'm going to hit three points and we're out of it. Our faulty approach to the will of God rises out of three wrong things that's going on in our mind. Number one is we're timid people. We are timid. We don't really trust God will take care of us. So we need him to tell us something directly before we do it. I mean, I've got to hear the heavens open. I've got to have some preacher say, thus saith the Lord. Nothing's wrong with any of that. Please don't read into that. But I'm saying if your entire life and you never do anything because you never get that, you're timid and you're not moving based on the path because God's got you in the business. He trusts you. He believes in you and you're walking his path. You're going to do the right thing. Because often we, we're so timid that we really don't think God has our best interests in our life. And so it's almost like he's built there to mess up our lives. And he's not. But I'm just afraid of doing the wrong thing. What if I'm supposed to go there and I went there? God wanted me to meet my wife here and I went there. Because I w never went there, I never met her there, and so now all my happiness is slowly being erased out of my life. I don't believe that. God is so good. Do you hear me? He is so good. And he's not this God that's punishing you. When you are on that path, he is behind you. He believes in you. He's supporting you. And so that's where these promises are so valuable that are in the scripture. God says, the one who walks in wisdom, I won't let stumble. I read that to you a few minutes ago. I wish I had the time to go back now and reread that chapter based off what I taught. But please do it. He said, this, this promise, that's why I said when I read those, these are promises. The one who walks in wisdom, I won't let stumble. I'll make his way sure, it says. It will be like walking, you listen to this, in the brightness of day. One text says it just gets brighter and brighter and brighter as you walk on that path. That's not depending in my wisdom, it's depending on, on God's wisdom. And where does his wisdom flow from? The word of God, the church of the living God. And sure, he gives us impressions. Sure, he gives us words from each one I, Support all of those things. Number two, number one, we're timid, and that slows us down. Number two, and I hate to say it this way, but we're idolatrous. Now I'm, I'm hurting us all with this one. But behind of a lot, this is this is hurts a little bit. But listen, behind a lot of our stress over the will of God is the idolatrous presumption that we really need a perfect life to be happy. So we put so much weight on this decision because how could we ever be happy if we don't have the perfect life? And the will of God becomes an idol to us. And here's how I know. Listen, 
we spend more energy trying to know the will of God than you actually do trying to know God. Just because you, have, you don't have a lucrative career or, 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 or a storybook marriage doesn't mean you missed God's will. Some of you might be mad at God for not giving you that, and, 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 but, but God's intention is not to make your life perfect, but to teach you to be content in Him. Amen? Number three is we are passive, and I'm talking to all of us. I see this really, really strong within Christianity, and that is we are waiting on God to tell you to do something that honestly he's already commissioned us to do. Well, if God tells me, I'll go there and encourage him. He already told you to be an encourager. He put all these examples throughout the word of God. He named this one dude Barnabas the encourager. I mean, all about the church of the living God is encouraging. I don't have to have a word from God to walk over to Todd and say, Todd, I believe in you. You're an awesome man. I appreciate your faithfulness to the house of God. I don't have to do that. But it lifts Todd, doesn't it? Encourages him. I don't have to have God say And some people never become an encourager in the house of God because they don't feel like they get that word from God. But i got to tell you something. He's already commissioned you to be an encourager. He's already commissioned you to save positive things in people's life. And I got that feeling that when I walk over to Todd and I begin to encourage him that as things come out of my mouth because I'm on the path, it's crazy how it happens, that I begin to encourage him, I'll say that right thing at the right time to encourage him with what he's going through. I trust that, don't you? That if I walked up to David, wave your hand, David, that's David. Y'all met David, you need to meet David and his wife. I walk up to David and I say the things and we get to talking and, and I don't believe that I have to have something strike me on the head and say, mom, mom, thus saith the Lord. I just believe because I'm in the path that I walk over to David. I love the Lord. He loves the Lord. Maybe he's walking through a tough time. I start encouraging him like I should be doing. I'm already commissioned to do and things come out of my mouth. I may never say thus saith the Lord, but he walks off and goes, that guy ministered to me. My precious friend Jimmy, a few, few months ago, I walked back at him during the middle service, laid hands on him. This was the coolest moment. This was so cool. God is so cool. I, I was kind of going, oh, God, I don't know if it's the right time. I, I don't know. I, don't, I was doing that. And I just thought, go. And I walked over right in the middle of worship, laid my hands on his back. Would you know the moment I laid hands on him, they started singing a verse in that song that absolutely I thought, oh, my God, that's what I was going to tell him. I started praying for him. God began to minister to him. He told me later in a beautiful way. Am I right, Jimbo? It ministered to him in a huge way. He came over to me telling me, thanking me, thanking me like I was all that. All I did is what I was commissioned to do. Well, that's a pastoral thing. No, that's a Christian thing. And y'all do that all the time. This church is a master at this. I'm just encouraging you to do it. Isn't that beautiful? So don't, don't be... Silent in what God's already commissioned. You don't need a word of God to, to go and pray for somebody. You don't have to have that. You pray for somebody because you're the church. You don't have to, well, I, didn't, I don't know about going on, putting my hand on their back and praying for them. No, you don't need that. He's already commissioned you. Get after it. And what's going to scare you to death, not really scare you to death, encourage you to death, 
is when you get over there and you start praying, you're not even going to know it. And as you start praying, the words you're saying is exactly what they needed. Oh, come on, people. Do you honestly think, y'all tell me all the time, you come here and I say just the right thing when I'm preaching for the right day. Do y'all tell me that all the time? I'm not that smart. I would like to claim that, but I'm not. I'm just preaching the word of God and God saying, bam, 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 and lighten it up in your life. He's all that. But I'm just doing what I was commissioned to do. Is that cool? You're doing the same thing when you go encourage, pray, love, whatever. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Did you do that? So, I'm going to jump to the end, and that is just do something, man. Well, what am I supposed to do, God? Just do something. Well, I don't know where to serve. Just do something. Get, in, get involved. Get in, do something. Get, get your hands involved in the kingdom. Man, do anything. If you're walking on the way to church and you see a piece of paper, pick it up. I'll be walking, somebody's standing by themselves, encourage them. They might have said, if somebody, I literally have had people do this, walk in, be struggling, because when people are struggling, they think funny thoughts in their spirit. I've had Christians tell me, they walked in, people in this church walked in and said, I need, I desperately need somebody to talk to me tonight, and if they don't, I'm, I'm on my last leg. And I, people walk up there, and I've had people tell me this, I remember the particular situation, and said, I've never had more people say more kind things to me in that night. Now, don't always tempt God like that, but what I'm trying to say is this, what if you're the one walking by, at the right moment, the right time, they're standing there, and they just need someone to say, how are you doing, man? You look nice tonight. And it lights up their world. Well, I thought when God speak it, like, rattles the heavens, you know, lightning bolts come, whatever. No. Sometimes that may happen and what we would consider all that. But sometimes it's just the still, small, sweet voice of heaven. And it just comes and you don't even hardly know. I honestly believe, now, y'all may not like this about me, but I'm not a big preacher you may, some of you may hunger this, but I'm not a big preacher that's always going, Thus saith the Lord. And I've had people not stick around because I don't, it don't sound spiritual if you don't do all that. So maybe on occasion I need to start going, Thus saith the Lord. Does that make y'all feel better? I'll tell you what, thus saith the Lord. I've been preaching from the word of God for an hour. Is that cool? Thus saith the word. I have just given you the logos of the word of God. And he's applied it to your life, the rhema word of God. He gave you all kind of words of God. He spoke up in your life. Thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thus saith the Lord. He is that strong. He's that mighty in our life. Just get involved in the kingdom. Do something for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you, if you do, you watch what he starts doing around you. And you're in the path, but you're right in the middle of the will of God. God bless you.